Hello and welcome to Birth Trauma Training for Birth Workers, the podcast with me, your host, Dr. Erin Bow, clinical psychologist and coach. This podcast is all about helping the helpers, supporting the supporters, healing the healers. Just the tip of the iceberg is the birth trauma stuff. The more people I talk to, the more conversations I have, the more I think about it. I think about this training, teaching, supporting as being like there's birth trauma at the top, the bit that you can see, and then there's all the stuff underneath, the burnout, the exhaustion, the compassion fatigue, the moral injury, the pure exhaustion, the frustration, the bullying, the workplace harassment, all that kind of stuff. So there's layers and layers and layers of this podcast. And one of the layers I want to get into today is a quick kind of life lesson, I suppose. This is the lesson I'm in at the moment. I'm always telling people, do the uncomfortable work, go to the gross, dark, scary place, and bam, hello, I'm in it. So let me talk to you about it because I think, you know, sharing that vulnerability, sharing the authenticity of where I'm at and what I'm dealing with makes it more community it makes it more safe and then other people feel safe to talk about what's happening for them so as some of you may have known I have two small children they don't sleep this is partially truth and partially like just the story of my life at the moment and while I'm sure the light is coming at the end of the tunnel with amazing brain development and seeing awesome things that's about to be happening at nearly two and nearly four. We're four months off two and four because their birthdays are two days apart. They're just not sleeping and nobody's sleeping. And I think for me, a couple of weeks ago, it got the first, I mean, the first signs are well, well and truly gone. I think when you're not experiencing joy, you kind of don't immediately realize that that's what's happening what you're doing instead is like searching for relief and I think I had that pointed out to me that that's kind of not living so in being exhausted I've gone through different layers and one of the layers was like feeling adrenally really spent like that area just above your kidneys so you think about adrenals it means above the kidneys pain feeling like I'm getting the flu, feeling like I'm just sick all the time. And then it sort of dissipates and then it kind of comes back, getting sick all the time, that kind of thing. So it started with that and then probably maybe third or fourth time in my life since having kids or ever really, a couple of weeks ago I had just had yet another night where I wasn't sleeping, kids waking me up all night, and I just started hallucinating. Um you know, being easily startled, crying one minute, laughing hysterically the next minute, just all the kind of typical signs that you're like, yep, you really have pushed past the point of I'm a bit tired, I'm a bit exhausted, the same old story, and now you've sort of dipped into the there's really nothing left in the tank. And a big thing that I have realised I have kept doing through nobody, (laughs) fault's not the right word, but through no one else's insistence other than my own is that I will replace rest with other activities. So I'm like, oh, I'll go and get my nails done. Well, there's no point in going and getting your nails done if you're going to fall asleep at the wheel, right? So I have talked before about, um, you know, the metaphor I've kind of come up with for this is the, so I take it, I have a car that takes diesel and, you know, if you put petrol in it, 
you could wreck your car. So it's the kind of same equivalent of you doing other self-care activities instead of actually just meeting the basic need, which is sleep. And even though it's been, I'd say, probably just over a week, as I'm talking to you, that my husband has totally taken over night parenting duties, which is amazing. I still haven't been able to just like snap full asleep straight away. There's, it's the mixture of the pressure to sleep now that I don't have my children in my bed with me. So the pressure, I've got to sleep, I've got to sleep because, you know, I've got this opportunity or I feel guilty, blah, 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 all that stuff. But also just the deeply ingrained, oh my goodness, if you've been a parent for a lot longer than I have, maybe you can talk to me about it. But this patterning of you just wake up. You just wake up all the time when you're used to having babies wake you up all night. So I just randomly wake up in the night, fully awake, expecting like my body and my brain to attend to children and then they're not there. So I guess it takes adjusting and it takes time. But yeah, I've really had to pull back and take a good, (laughs) good hard look at myself and how little compassion I have been showing myself lately. I've been falling, praying, I don't know what the right word is, victim to when you late at night instead of sleeping, scroll Instagram, look what everyone else is doing, engage in a bit of comparisonitis, think, oh, and this is not just from like male entrepreneurs talking about like how to smash your goals and crush your goals and just work 16 hours a day and beat all the competition and all that kind of stuff, but other women do it too. And that's not to take away anything from people who work hard, whose children happen to sleep. Or maybe they don't, but they're just not, you know, in the same place I am. There's no point comparing yourself with anyone else. You are just where you are in your journey and this is exactly where you need to be and this is the lesson you need to be learning. So I think for me it's, yeah, getting into that thing of like, oh, I just need to be more grateful because isn't this the thing that so many people in their helper, healer (laughs) professions do? We're so great at looking after other people, insisting that they get help and they get rest and we support them and we give them all of our love and then there's fuck all left for us and we don't even realise that we're engaging in things like saying, I just need to be more grateful. I just need to try harder. I just need to meditate more. I just need to fill in the blank, whatever it is. Instead of forgetting, let's go back, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Sleep, rest, toilet breaks, food, water, shelter and feeling safe. Maslow talks about how you can't self-actualize. You can't get to the pointy part of the pyramid in that diagram unless your basic needs are met first. So there's really no point trying to show up, be consistent, be authentic, smash your goals and all of that if you're not sleeping. You know, my in a moment of bawling my eyes out, hysterical, laughing the next, sleep-deprived moment, Am I authentic in that moment? Well, I suppose to some degree, but it's also not my authentic self. It's a temporary experience of me in a temporary state, which wouldn't really serve anybody to like show up and like show up. I've got to show up. I've got to show up at all other costs. And it's a message I keep seeing on social media and I'm not blaming social media and I'm not blaming influencers and I'm not blaming entrepreneurs. I'm just saying I have kind of fallen into this trap of listening over and over and over this messaging. And if you listen to the same messaging over and over and over, you sort of start to take it on and you don't question it. And there is a name for that particular psychological bias that escapes me at the moment, but 
there's a name for it. We don't exactly need to know the name. We just need to know that it exists. So you stop questioning stuff. And that's kind of what I've fallen into. And I've realized actually, hey, hang on. All these people are talking about, you just need to show up and you just need to do this. And you, and it's actually like, if you're not getting your basic needs met, it's actually quite mean. And my own coach who I work with was talking to me about this idea of, imagine there's a knock at your door, right? And you open the door and it's you, you in your most negative, low, depleted, frazzled state, you're exhausted, you're crying and you're saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm struggling. I need help. And then what are you going to do? Are you going to slam the door in her face and say, I'm sorry, but you need to earn money. You need to build your business. I don't care. You've just got to try harder. You've got to be stronger. People are counting on you. Or are you going to invite her in and say, let me look after you. Let me give you the biggest hug of your life and take care of you, put you to bed and feed you nourishing food and look after you. And so when you're faced with that image, or at least for me, when I was faced with that image, my God, I just burst into tears because how easy it is for me to do that for someone else, to give them love, support, cherish them, take care of them, nurture them. And yet if it's me, so often I'm actually just treating myself like a disposable employee that I don't care about, that I have been treated like before in the past, as many of us have instead of someone that I have compassion for that I love and that I cherish and I want to take care of and you know one of my goals talking about this in a non like let's work up the pyramid really masculine way but one of my goals is to be able to say this is what a woman who takes really good care of herself looks like in terms of I'm prioritizing rest and play and joy and fun above all the smashing, crushing, whatever, businessy kind of stuff because, like, I don't want my life to just be like, oh, how many likes did that get? How many, oh, am I building my business? How's this going? How's that going? That's not what I want my life to be. But I've gotten stuck in the vortex of realising, habituating to this lack of sleep that you don't even realise how much that is affecting and colouring your view of the world until you're at that kind of rock bottom point of, yep, hallucinating bawling your eyes out and just going no I don't I like I don't even know how I'm gonna get through the day or how I'm gonna do this and how much that looks like a mental health crisis and I know for people who work with people who've just had babies a huge part of the fear when we send people out into the world is are people going to take care of them are they going to see them as a human and be compassionate and be kind Or are they going to go, oh, you've got this diagnosis, get yourself some medication, blah, 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 blah. Because I think perinatal stuff in particular, like once those first kind of six months with a baby has passed, people forget. People forget that, for example, there is that statistic that goes around saying that postnatal depression peaks when your oldest child turns four, which is some Australian research. And I remember seeing that even before I had my own kids and thinking, wow, that's quite startling, insightful information. But also if you think about it, by the time you've got multiple children and I'm staring down the barrel of that at the moment, my oldest is four years away from, four years away from turning four, she's four months away from turning four. And then that's four years of not sleeping for me. And so you take 
sleep deprivation, like you think about biopsychosocial model, which again, so many health professionals sometimes forget about. And they go to diagnose things before looking, like properly looking, going, how much sleep is this person getting? Are they eating properly? Are they getting rest? Are they getting their basic needs met? And you think about um, even basic needs like your bladder. Like how many of you out there end up with UTIs, bladder infections? You get sick. It's almost like you sabotage by doing the, I can't take a pee break. I'm a teacher. I'm a nurse. I I can't possibly. So you either go and piss into a towel, and I know some of you do that, because you're like, I can't take a toilet break, I can't take a toilet break. So you self-sabotage and then you end up getting sick. So then you legitimately get to have time off. So a lot of it's reactive instead of preventative. This is the kind of thing I'm so starting to get really passionate about working on because I do it too. I wait until the wheels are just about falling off and then I react and I have, you know, normal reactions that are not mental health crisis or anything like that it's mostly for me lack of sleep lack of you know not getting my needs met instead of preventative and instead of going "Hmm, let me anticipate I'm not going to get some sleep and work on a plan that fits me and fits my family instead of doing something reactive so I want you to think about this like really really think about it here take it on board for yourself because I'm saying it for me and this is me you know in charge of helping helpers, helping other people with all their stuff, don't fall into the same trap of just pushing through, pushing through, pushing through, and then having a big reaction and getting sick, getting adrenal exhaustion, having burnout, having compassion fatigue and going, no, I can't do this work anymore, I'm quitting. Again, I've talked about it so many times. It's not about should you quit your job, should you not quit your job, you've got to find whatever is going to work for you. But if you're stuck in that, Mm, I'm kind of existing, I'm looking for relief, there's no joy, really look back at that pyramid, the hierarchy of needs. Are your basic needs getting met first and do that before everything else, before you try and self-actualise, before you try and do whatever amazing work it is you think you need to do or even before you do the like fun fluffy stuff that, you know, we talk about on Instagram all the time, like getting the massages and the manicures and, you know, going on breaks and doing all that sort of stuff. No point doing any of that if you're using it as a replacement for sleep. Again, go back to the car analogy. So if your car takes diesel, you need to put diesel in it, the diesel being sleep. Don't go putting petrol in it and hope that it will, like, have the same effect and you're not going to wreck your car. Or you think about that empty light flash that goes and you know if you know your car and you know how things go you roughly know how long you've got before you're going to run out but you wouldn't see it flashing empty and think I'm just going to go to the shops so you're just actually going to go and do something on an empty tank it doesn't make sense you kind of have to have your you know your cup filled up and we talk about this all the time this thing about fill your cup but don't just fill it with stuff that's not the right fuel get the fuel that you need first Does that make sense? I think that is going to land for a lot of people. It's really the image of me standing at the door saying to myself, no, pull yourself up. (laughs) Like, you know, you've got to be strong. You've got to be less lazy. It was kind of like a big smack in the face and it was a big smack in the face that I needed. So, you know, for me, again, it's meant pulling back, doing what I can to stop punishing myself and show myself some compassion because how can you possibly do that for other people if you're not going to do it for yourself?
that is what I want you to really, really take on board from today. Hey, thanks for joining me today. You know that to stay in the helping and healing professions, you really need to level up your self-care and support. You owe it to yourself and the people that you serve to make sure that your cup is running over and you are thriving. So if you're identifying with some of these themes, you're burnt out, you're being bullied, you're loving your work, but you're sitting here and going, I don't know if I can go on like this, I'm exhausted, I've got compassion fatigue, let me help you. I've got some openings in my coaching calendar and I would love to support you. If you want to sign up for updates on my birth trauma training course, you can do that too. Reach out to me, drerin.com.au or at drerinbow, B-O-W-E, on Instagram. Thank you for making time for yourself. I really mean that. Feeling uncomfortable, putting in the effort and the time to grow and learn for whatever stage of life you're in and whatever lesson you needed to be learning, this is good stuff. So I thank you so much for allowing me to speak my soul passion and do this work.